That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By, presented by Superbook Sports on your home for the most Nuggets content. Denver's Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to a 106-103 home loss to the New York Knicks who were on a back-to-back. Oh, okay. I debated... Um, whether to, to actually record uh, today. I just got off the air here doing the three-hour uh, Stokely and Zach show on the fan uh, and have some other stuff to do. And I'm like, you know what? Is it worth, and this is it's like a serious question, is it worth breaking down a game? And I'm not going to break the whole game down. I'm not going to spend too much time here. But is it worth breaking down a game that didn't have Nikola Jokic? It'd be like breaking down the solar system without the sun. Like, Everything else kind of goes away <laughs> without the sun. Um, and look, I, I think, I, and granted, it was their first night without Jokic. We'll see what it looks like against Dallas and maybe longer. But um, if Jokic isn't in the fold, um, none of it really matters. Big picture. Big picture. If you if Jokic isn't in the fold, none of it really matters. All right? And hopefully, you know, and obviously you know this by now if you're listening to this podcast, Jokic and health and safety protocols um, there was some thought Bones Highland, you know, could be, it was actually reported actually, um, that Bones Highland was going to be inactive. He ended up playing and was actually like a bright spot of the, um, the, uh, the game on Wednesday evening at ball arena against the Knicks. Uh, Bones, um, had a buzzer beater, made five threes, had 21 points in 23 minutes. Um, he had seven rebounds, seven for, for Bones, um, with a couple of assists. Um, but like it was reported like, Hey, Bones, uh, is not going to play. Because health and safety, there's an assistant coach, like all this stuff. Um, so, look, it, it's um, <laughs> it looked, especially in the fourth quarter, how I thought that it was probably going to look. And it wasn't just Jokic. You didn't have Aaron Gordon. Guys, I actually think the Nuggets win this game if Aaron Gordon plays, even without Jokic. Um, he just represents something that wasn't out there. Uh, a physicality that was lacking down the backstretch of the game. And uh, even defensively uh, against Randall, I thought he would have uh, been suited for that job. And we've seen, and we just saw it this past week. Um, what game was it? We were just talking about it this past week where Jokic got into the early foul trouble. Was that the, um, was that the uh, maybe the Pacers game uh, uh, last week where like Jokic gets into real foul trouble and um, it was really Aaron Gordon who was like, F this. Like, F this. I got us. Don't worry. I'm going to take the mantle. And 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 and, and there was times where I was like, oh, that's a little too much. Um, there wasn't enough of it on Wednesday night, that sort of step-up attitude. And uh, when I was thinking about it, I'm like, oh, because I got a bunch of other crap I got to do today. I'm like, eh, is it really worth going in there? Because I don't really have a big takeaway. Like, Jokic, Jokic wasn't out there. But I actually do have a takeaway. Um, I actually do. And it's about Michael Porter Jr. And MPJ had a pop quiz on Wednesday night. Wasn't some sort of playoff test, but it was a pop quiz, right? Regular season game, middle of November, at home, 
without unequivocally your best player, the MVP of the league, and another top option on the starting unit in Aaron Gordon. And I, I said on the radio show uh, in the last segment uh, on Wednesday, I'm like, no, I'm like, this is on the way out. I'm like, no Jokic, no um, Aaron Gordon. I'm like, Michael Porter Jr. is about to go for 50 tonight. Well, I had a, a, the, the, the five in the equation right. I had that part right. Um, there was no zero next to it, though. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. finished with five points. Five. Could count his points on one hand. Five points, one of eight shooting, one of six from three. I think that, by the way, I think the one of six, I think he made his first three. Only went to the free throw line one time, went two of two, pulled down three rebounds in 28 minutes. Three. Okay? He was a minus eight when he was out there. I was disappointed, man. I was disappointed. Now, we got to try to find the line like when we're reacting to whether it's early season games or a singular game like this one. This is a singular game, okay? So we want to react to it, but at the same time, you don't want to get carried away and have it be some sweeping judgment or indictment of who he's going to be or has been. But I think the last three games exemplify, or I'll even go, I'll, I'll, let's go last four games. It exemplifies the boomer bust nature of this young basketball player that we were hoping would turn the corner of consistency. Now, for starters, the guy's out there and he's healthy. So, like, that's the most important thing with Michael Porter Jr. But, but he is, it feels like, and, and, and I'll say this, this is probably an exaggeration and hyperbole because we're in the moment and we're, you know, we really want this guy to, to work out as a Denver Nugget. There's an incredible investment, incredible, hundreds of millions of dollars. The last four games kind of is a microcosm of the boomer bust nature. Where, you know, it was just this past week against Indiana. He's playing 36 minutes. He shoots 50% from the field. He makes three threes. He grabs six rebounds, finishes with 17 points. Like, you know, it was that was a good game for MPJ. It wasn't his best game. We've seen him, we've, we've seen him play even better. Um, it was a really good game, right? And then he has the game in Boston where he has seven points and three of 10 shooting. Uh, didn't rebound it well, whatever. Okay, but it was, it was a stinker. It was a stinker. It was a it was a litmus test game, and it was a stinker from a guy you're hoping turns a corner. What does he do on Sunday evening in Chicago? Follows it up with 31 points. His best game of the season, right? Six threes, six of nine from three, 11 of 16 from the field. Perfect from the free throw line. Doled out a couple assists. Didn't rebound it well. That's okay. When you're shooting it like that, right, that third quarter was like, Magical. It's like, wow, like this is this is the flash of who this guy is, who he can be. And then you follow it up with five points on one of eight shooting without your 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 uh, top scorer and best player and Aaron Gordon. So it's like slack needed to be picked up. And it was just a big opportunity. And I don't want to I don't want to um, uh, misrepresent it. Right. But at the same time, I, I think calling it a pop quiz is like a fair measurement of what Wednesday at home against the Knicks was uh, the, the Knicks was and he failed the pop quiz. And like you could see him from a nonverbal standpoint, like a body language standpoint when his shots weren't going down. And this is too often the case with Michael Porter Jr. where the first four shots dictate where his night is going to go. So when his when 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 uh, the first handful after the first one d- doesn't go down, you saw that guy just go into the tank. 
And, like, goodness gracious, I can't believe I'm going to say this because this is so Pop Warner. But when your shot isn't falling and you have, especially, especially if you have physical gifts like Michael Porter Jr., you need to impact the game in other ways. There's a lot to this game called basketball. There's a lot to it. They actually they actually take a, a line and draw it right down the center of the court, right? Only half's offense, half defense, but even within the offense, he didn't rebound well. He it wasn't like some sort of playmaker. Um, it just was kind of like a nothing, you know? It was just like, okay, um, it's just disappointing. And it was it was two games back in Boston where you know, he, he's terrible, and he texts Mike Malone, and, you know, I'm sorry, you can't let this happen. And then he has the game in Chicago where it's um, I let off-the-court stuff come to on-the-court. and So you got a seven-point game followed by a 31-point game followed by a five-point game. Think about the arc of that, the swing of that. It, it's, it's, it's like it, it's a roller coaster, but it's almost like if the roller coaster went uh, high enough to space and then, like, low enough to, you know, reach the, the inner core of the – the world, the, the the earth, it's like from seven points to 31 to five? Holy crap. Young basketball player, I got it. Also in a position that he's not used to being in, right, where, like, the burden is on you. And we had Matt Moore, um, our Nuggets insider, uh, on Stokely and Zach. And he's like, look, I, I, I've been hard on MPJ. I'm going to defend him here. He's not used to playing without Jokic in the spot. And it's like... Okay, that's 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 fair to share. I just disagree um, with. Um, look, this guy, this guy's a max player. It's okay to criticize when you're supposed to be the second best option on a night at home against a Knicks team who's on the second night of a back to back, and the and the previous night was in Utah. That's the toughest back to back in the NBA, guys, and they want them both. And one of my most um, uh, not discouraging because I'm not discouraged by the loss. I think the loss is going to get lost in the shuffle in time. But, like, one of the things that I, I was um, wishing was different was the fourth quarter, not just the execution that was so seriously lacking, especially the final play. But um, I thought the intensity from the Knicks was higher on the road in the second half of a back-to-back from an endurance standpoint, from a physicality standpoint. They became the puncher in the 12th round, and the Nuggets didn't. And they looked disjointed offensively. You saw how bad they were missing Yoke. Um, and then on the last play, this is this is an after a timeout play. And it's Jamal Murray dribbling the basketball 10, 12, 14 times, whatever it was, and guys just standing around, him not creating space, and you know, it was just a dud of a final possession. So put all that together in a gumbo and you lose 106, 103. It was good to see Zeke Naji out there. I didn't think he, like, it wasn't some sort of referendum game, but it was actually good to see him in a Nuggets uniform playing basketball for the Nuggets as a first-round pick in year number three, right? Played a bunch. Played 26 minutes. Um, five of seven from the field. Uh, had a couple offensive rebounds that were encouraging. He finishes with 13 points. Um, good, I thought, like a building block game. Um, I thought Bruce Brown was pretty good, and from an intensity standpoint, probably was among the few that was like ready for a fist fight. Uh, once again, does really well on the gl- glass, pulled down six rebounds. We've been talking about his rebounding capability here um, on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Uh, Jamal, I thought, was good for most of the game. He finishes with 21 points. If you look at just the box score, it says 7 for 20. 
Um, I thought he had some some good moments in that game. I don't think any of which came uh, in that final stanza in the fourth. Um, yeah, and that's where we're at. That's where we're at. That's a game that they could have won, and you could say that they should have won. They had a lead. They had. A, I think it was. What are they up nine in the second half? Right. I, th- I believe that's what it was. Um, or maybe they're up even ten. But um, yeah, the team just just didn't have it. That was disappointing. They didn't. I mean, can you remember uh, a fast break bucket for the Nuggets from Wednesday night? Not saying they didn't have any, but it was there. Well, uh, I'm looking at it here now. Twelve fast break points. That's probably the lowest total of the season. So uh, they gave up 50 points in the paint to New York, and I thought um, you know Julius Randle was uh, the best player on the floor. Uh, full stop, you know, 34 points, 11 rebounds. He was hungry, man. He looked like it. And uh, Brunson played well. I'm a huge fan of Jalen Brunson's game. Um, Not sure if it reflects what that contract is, um, but he's a good fit in New York, man. He's a winner. He's a winner. I like like seeing that dude play uh, and actually played his over 19 and a half points um, on Wednesday night, uh, and he got to uh, the 21-point mark. But, uh, yeah, so imperfect. Uh, Nuggets have to figure it out, right? You, you understand why it happened without Jokic. Uh, you just wish it, was, uh, wish it was a little bit different. Okay, um, anything else here in my notes? Yeah, that'll about do it. Um, okay, unfortunate. It is what it is. You got to turn around. And now you got two against uh, the Dallas Mavericks, who had been playing without Luka. I'm expecting him to be back. They play Dallas at Dallas in consecutive games. It's one of these weird ones we've been talking about. Not a home-and-home, home, just like legit you're going to be in Dallas for a couple days and play the Mavericks twice. Um, that's on Friday evening at 6.30 here locally, Mountain Time. And then Sunday, uh, much like last Sunday against Chicago, they have a Sunday evening game against those same Mavs at 5.30. And then they'll cut, turn around and play uh, the Pistons on Tuesday back at home before heading back out on the road and really one of the wackiest road travel months that I can remember um, on an NBA schedule. So, all right, we'll leave it there for now. Guys, thanks for checking in. Everyone, have a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend. Be good to one another. Uh, Maybe tell a friend about this podcast. Rate, subscribe, whatever. It all helps. And shout out to our friends at Superbook for uh, sponsoring this podcast. And you already know, whatever happens on Friday evening and Sunday evening in Dallas, we're going to be talking about it on Monday right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.